Hello and welcome to another episode of He's got percussion. Everyone is a fanatic. Skeletons in the attic. My name is Brent and this is Patrick. Our show is overly dramatic. Our show is overly dramatic. Na 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 going hey, nice, on man nice drum yeah Let's thank see. you it's a small one yeah it works well that's nice yeah yeah they, yeah, were, uh, they were calling you mr tambourine man yesterday. mr tambourine yeah it was fun times man yeah fun times we did a show we did we did a show it was funny lots was, of good feedback from the audience yeah it was yeah. cool you had some good songs man <laughs> good songs dude yeah that might be the part that gets edited out from, the, <laughs> you know, if we do like a, like a Woodstock style documentary on that, that show, I don't know, the songs might get edited The songs out. are great, man. Classic. People like it. Yeah, they love it. People had fun. Love it. You got, you got the most applause every time you say, it's not, like the comedian, we could, I could be killing it for like 20 minutes. Brent goes on, does one song for three minutes. <laughs> I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Doesn't matter. My job is to entertain the masses yeah. without setting them. So, yeah. so we had a we had a couple complaints. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at a at a coffee shop in the middle of a day. Yeah, it it happens, right? Yeah, I, it's it. You you go ahead. What were you gonna say? I mean, you could expect it to happen. The timing probably just. It, it was too early for comedy. Little bit. It's uh, it, that that opens up so much discussion. I mean, no, no. You and I discussing uh, some of the setbacks does not mean that the show wasn't a great success. Yes. Right? So it yes. actually it went it went really well. But you it went really well. We were running it, so we have to see. Even if everybody's having a great time, we have yep. to see what's not going well. Exactly. Right. And yeah, there's a few issues that come up. One is with um, venues where you can't say, Oh yeah, sure. Do this. Oh, Hey, yeah, sure. Do this. These don't mix. No. You know, if, yeah. if you're going to have a stand up comedy show, don't, don't have uh, like kindergarten parties. Yeah. It's going to be a little thing. bit of swearing. There's going to be, there's like we said, man, there's going to be stuff you don't agree with necessarily. Yeah. And you, I, I don't know what, I mean, I don't really know what sort of mentality a cafe owner has. Yeah. Uh, as far as comedy goes, because they're not a bar. So they don't, I, I don't imagine they're particularly accustomed to what they're not. No, comedy does. no, so, usually you yeah. see, you see guys before COVID, they would like be like, Oh, we're, we're having a show at Starbucks. And then two weeks later, <laughs> <laughs> there's no more show. <laughs> and there's no more Starbucks. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's funny. Maybe they were expecting like, you know, the Royal Canadian air farce or, you know, yeah. this hour has 22 minutes, some kind of, because you said to them that we are we were CBC personalities, <laughs> so they said, "Oh yes, come in, come in." How did they? And then it right. ended up CBC stood for something different. Uh, yeah, I don't know any any 
clean comics who would just come out to a show like that. Yeah, I mean, it's what the I don't want to say the blame. I would say the uh, some of the responsibility lies on all sides. Yeah. Like I always say, like, you know, I've been I've been running comedy shows for a long time now. Yeah. And I always say it's a perfect storm of nobody's fault. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you get the owner and they have what they need. Then you get the performers and they have what they need and you get the audience and they have what they need. Yeah. Oftentimes it's hard to bring the three together, you know, cause the performers, yeah. they have to do their stuff. They want to yeah. try out the material. The audience isn't going to come and spend money if they're being insulted or, or abused or unpleasant, you know, situations. Yeah. And the owner, they need to have people keep coming in and spending money so they can, you know, just like keep the grill turned on. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So it's it's difficult with comedy. Right. You got to have a focused comedy night. Operative word maybe being night because it's got to be indoors. Yeah, and ideally a separate room. Yeah, a separate room in your bar. So like if you have your customers who yeah. are eating or whatever, then there's a separate room. Yeah, for the comedy. Hey, there's a comedy show going on if you want. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, ideally to be cordoned off somehow. There's a pub, one of my pubs in the annex downtown. I used to yeah. do uh, shows there and they had a thick black curtain that we'd put right uh, in the back section. Yeah. You could divide, you knew what was going on because yeah. nothing, nothing is more demoralizing for a performer than seeing like somebody scream at a leaf mist. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in the middle of a set. Yeah. Well, Sorry? I was telling the joke and then the go train walked by. The go train <laughs> went by yesterday. So. <laughs> It's kind it, of the it, same, it, right? It took so long, it felt like it was walking by. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, what else is going on in the city, man? Um, I don't know. What is what is happening? Well, last couple weeks, I guess we're a little bit behind the ball, but uh, Raptors lost. Right. Raptors lost. But also, the Clippers lost. That's the team that had good old Kawhi. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. So we got we got our karma somehow. The Clippers actually had potential. They were see they've always been seen as the team that isn't the Lakers. Yes, right? they what a lot of people call them to win the championship this year. Right. A lot of the pundits. Hmm. But a Canadian boy stepped up and knocked them out after after being up three one. The Clippers blew it to uh, Jamal Murray. He's a Kitchener native. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And a guy by the name of the Joker, <laughs> really? Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, okay. it's funny. Hmm. Yeah. I don't follow basketball, so I don't no. really know too much about. Uh, yeah, it's just like for those who do, it was like sweet karma, sweet karma. Cool. So fun, but now, pretty much everybody, even those who don't follow basketball. Would agree, hands down, Lakers are going to win the championship. Okay, who's a, who's in the other conference facing them? Is there is it bad? Uh, Lakers are are playing Denver and Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics. Okay, basically no superstars left to the level of LeBron James and. Good. That's I like it better that way. Yeah. I like Cinderella teams better. Yeah, but I don't know. LeBron's had a. He's had such a long storied career and still people say like he's second to Michael Jordan. I think one more championship 
kind of puts him at number one. Right. In my book, anyway. Well, th- I think the main issue there is um, the the handsome factor. Yeah. Michael Jordan's a good-looking guy. <laughs> you know, LeBron James is not a good-looking guy. I'm gonna leave that alone. I I. I He's getting a lot of girls looking at him, man. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> hey, Kawhi, I wonder why. So is Toronto, are people in Toronto still mad at Kawhi, Leonard? I think so. Like, not really mad, just like, I, I feel like after this, because they lost, now it's like, okay, karma. Because for sure, Toronto would have made the Eastern Conference Finals with Kawhi. They took Boston to seven games with no superstar, right? So, uh, for sure. That's a for sure. I remember, you know, I remember the earlier days of the Raptors when it was like Vince Carter. Yep. You know, they they wanted to put, you know, the whole thing on his shoulder. They might have even had, I could be wrong. Did they have Spud Webb or somebody else really little? Um, oh, Muggsy Bogues. They had Muggsy. Muggsy Bogues, yeah. yeah, yeah. They had Oakley for a while. He yep. couldn't wait to get out. You know, Kim Elijah one. They had a right. bunch. Yeah, we always well, tended to get like guys out of their prime, come right. in to yeah. uh, stabilize the team and help the young rookies kind of yeah develop and stuff. The veterans. And then they can't wait to get on that plane. They can't yeah, wait to yeah. get the hell out of here. No, nah, people love Toronto now, man. Yeah, Thanks to Drake, well. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. And, and um, the Beebs, I guess. Yeah. Did you hear about the photo radars from a couple weeks ago? Uh, so, yeah, I think so. What? So they were up in Toronto. They were put up like mid-June. Right. They made, uh, they finally like, all of them were running. They, they gave out the, the tally of how much money they made last month. Okay. Take a wild guess. Uh, from putting them up or yep. just last month? Yeah, no, from, from one month. Uh, one month of tickets in the city of Toronto. I'm saying in the seven figures. Perhaps. Okay. A little overestimate, but okay. 22,000. Oh, okay, okay. 22,000. Oh, like, just like running reds and stuff? Uh, no, not running reds. 22,000 from speeding. Speeding, okay. So if you go... The way a photo radar works is even if you're five kilometers an hour over, mm-hmm. you're paying the ticket. Right. So there's but no leeway. There's, there's no, no like, leeway. You're you know, getting charm. a ticket. You can't charm the cop if you're a cute young white girl. Exactly. That was my joke. That oh. was my joke. Sorry. <laughs> As I say, there's probably a lot of hot women who got tickets last month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to preempt you, you there. took it. No, we were thinking... Great minds think alike, man. Great minds think alike. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, though, right? Yeah, I mean, clear, clear, clear. We, we all know who gets out of tickets and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Technology so, doesn't have a heart. They don't, it doesn't care. You, yeah. you're, you're getting that ticket in the mail. Do 19-year-old black dudes get out of tickets? <laughs> might, be, might be a little more difficult than the 22-year-old blonde. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm okay, I'm okay with technology. Technology yeah. is... Fair. Well, I don't like Big Brother, but yeah. I got no problem with something like that. I agree. Yeah, that's fine. I agree. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, embarrassingly safe driver. Okay. So, you know, well, like I, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm more of a low rider than a hot rider. Okay. So, that's just my thing. I think in my twenties, I was 
very aggressive, but like now I have kids and things. I, I'm yeah. more defensive. Like I, I could still get aggressive, but yeah, I, I, oh. I'm very observant, more defensive. Kids, the kids make all the difference. Yeah. That's the, that's the main thing. Cause I'm sure you probably get like cut off sometime and you want to like speed up. And like you know, give the guy some some business. You want, they're like, oh, I have three toddlers in the back. In the back, I can't really, I can't get the Mad Max going. No, right now, so. no, I can't step out of my car and have a fight right now. No. Speaking of fights, um, what's your? I don't know if this is one of your news bits this week, but the uh, the new the new lockdown rules. Um, this I think we just skirted it by like a day or something, uh, with our show. Well, think, no, the well the law. To, to my knowledge, when I read it, it's for Peel, Toronto, and the East region. I thought so, I saw something saying York. I did I'm, not see York region when I looked up. Okay. Because our numbers have been pretty low. So I didn't see York region, but I, ha- I might have to look again. Maybe wrong. I thought it was GTA wide, but I could be wrong too. Because they, they, they specifically went and said Toronto peel and then like durham so Hmm. york might have we skipped a skipped a bullet for a second there but i might be wrong well i figure for thanksgiving i mean you can't have groups of over 10 yeah that's true so i'm having an extinction rebellion riot at my house um and you know we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna protest the environment but bring potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know me. You know me. You you know me. Yeah. You and me agree on everything, except I get mad at the hypocrisy. Yeah. It's like, okay, so some dude at the park with his kids gets a fine, but a Black Lives Matter rally protest, nobody says shit, right? So it's like, what are we going to be? Like, be consistent. Okay. Groups or no groups, you know? Fair, like, fair, fair. Yeah. If you're going to find ordinary citizens, you got to find protesters too. But nobody has the balls to do it, and that's what pisses me off. I don't disagree with any of the causes. I just hate the hypocrisy of the authorities. Yeah. Now that now that we're getting funny, we got we got our we got our first segment, man. Okay. New segment for the last episode, which is what? Jokes that almost made the cut. But did you did you tell people this is our last episode for a while? Yeah, we told them last week. Oh, we, okay. We said oh, I, I, episode 15 is going to be our last episode for this season. So we're assuming that kind of retention? <laughs> uh, uh, kind of viewer. Ooh, they said last yeah, we, week. Well, we, we have stuff to do, man. We got, we got some new projects to work on. So um, People are watching our show, analyzing everything. Who is yeah, John's yeah. parents? I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We're, we're funny dudes. All right, so... So I'll do one. Okay. You do one. We got five jokes each. That was the deal. Okay. And after your joke, I'll tell you why I didn't make the cut. Okay. All right. So this is all from this week. A Republican, a Democrat, and an independent walk into a bar. All right. Okay. They order a round of drinks. The Republican goes, I'll pay. I have a lot of wealthy donors who pay me to run this party. This round's on me. The Democrat goes, no, no, I'll pay. I don't have your wealth, but I'll feel a lot better if I can do something to make you all feel better. The Independent goes, 
Thank God you guys offered to pay. I just turned 18. <laughs> okay. Lame. That was a cheek. That was a cheeky little laugh. Cheeky little laugh. Well, All right. So instead of me telling you why it doesn't work, why don't you tell me why it possibly would work? <laughs> so, That's the kind of roast you do at your uh, at your regular open mics, man. You'd be like, "Man, that was funny before you got up here." Yeah. <laughs> What was the, I had one, we don't have to repeat it if, if I don't think, things in the moment are awesome. But it's in the moment. When you repeat them, they don't play. No. So I had you on your knees yesterday. You okay. fell over. That's something I said. Uh, I think it was related to an Adele joke. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't recall. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It was, it was before you sang your, your, uh. Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation song, yeah. And that then I, I was saying something about Big Adele and Big Luther, and then you said something. Right. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I uh, I think that that's that's a good joke, but it's a thinker. It's a remember. Yeah. Remember Thinkers famous, suck. They they do and they don't. I mean, if it depends. Again, you and I have this theme about reading the room, right? That we're yeah. discussing, and a lot of people yeah. can't read the room. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be a professional comic, you got to read the room. Every but time. Do you remember uh, there was an old? There's a classic Red Fox joke. Yeah. He says to the audience, he goes, you know, I'm going to tell you a joke, and you're not going to laugh for five seconds, and then you're going to laugh really hard, right? So, you know, so he says, okay, so these two women are walking down the street and the one woman sees her husband coming out of a flower shop with a dozen roses. So she goes, oh, great. There's Harold. He's buying me a dozen roses. Uh, I'm going to have to have my legs in the air for a week. And her friend says, why don't you just get a vase? <laughs> so, that's one of the ones that people they do it they do a take you know they oh what yeah. oh <laughs> you know. yeah yeah it's I got naughty it. it's naughty but it's clean yeah you know? so, I got it I got it well I know you got it but yeah. the, the Rotary Club but no yeah. yours was yours was a thinker I thought it was yeah. pretty good so the uh, but then people start thinking about the independent right right it's it like, should be a little more yeah yeah I, I'm glad yeah joke structure analysis it's all good. All right, you're you're up, you're up, you're up. So does the red fox joke count as your joke? Is that what you're <laughs> um no, it could. I mean I, I can't hold a candle to him, obviously. <laughs> if we want. Okay, so here's one. I don't write right. many jokes, but no. yeah, I'm okay. So last uh in February. Yeah. Uh for Valentine <laughs> So stupid. Um for Valentine's Day, I went into um one of those sex stores, you know, and I got uh I got some of those edible underwear mm. so they they taste pretty good but my back is killing me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like a that's like one of those dad jokes you know when the two guys are just trying right. to go back and forth with the, with the funny dad jokes right it's, right well it, it works yeah go ahead so like it tastes pretty good but my back is killing me you didn't set it up well enough for me to understand why your back is killing you. 
But if I set it up more, it gives away the punchline. Exactly. Right? So, so yeah. Sometimes that, so. I do the choreography. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Pretending I'm right. putting the pants on myself. Okay. Okay. So. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a classic uh, weak punch. That's ooh. Thank you. Maybe maybe the maybe the the punch word could be changed so that uh or the punch phrase so okay. we understand why your back is killing you a little bit more but it's it's getting there like it it has the setup is pretty good right it's not enough punch yeah that's that would be maybe we should workshop that, that one <laughs> This is why our podcast is catching fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this people, is good. People are this watching two idiots discuss uh, jokes, jokes, how to fix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Okay. All right. So this is from the news. I like to like just write silly news jokes sometimes. Right. So mother, mother was getting interviewed. Um, she's quoted as saying, we're playing pandemic roulette with our children when she was interviewed about the school board handling of classroom sizes, pandemic roulette. So the interview took place at a park where the child was playing with random children less than, less than a meter apart, very close range. Mm -hmm. She'd prefer to play pandemic tag. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're the one that just uh, accused me of having a dad joke. <laughs> That's like a granddad joke. That fucking halibogi. <laughs> Woo! I got some. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm starting with my lame ones. Okay? Oh, okay. I'm starting with my lame ones. So, audience, they do get better. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was good. No, that that's cute. It's a that's a that's a cute joke. It's too. Yeah, I know. I know. I know which jokes are crap. I know. The lopsidedness is the setup. The setup took too long. Yeah, of course. The punchline was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, pandemic tag but uh, uh these are yeah good your turn man okay well the this other, is uh, this should be a podcast right here just like jokes <laughs> yeah, but, they suck oh exactly and i think it, honestly it can only work if it's guys like you and me right. who are you know funny fellas but we're normal people yeah you know, if you're going to have like two druggies who think they're comedians talking about, oh, that was fist and granny, and oh, hey, the, that's not going to be funny, right? But you know, a couple of a uh, couple of normal guys sitting around talking about lame material. I think yeah, well, you know what I what I've found over time is that most or a lot of comics don't actually know why their joke didn't work. Right. I don't know if you know if you found this too. After speaking with them, like I, I'm not trying to be preachy or anything, but I just kind of ask like why I would ask questions, like probing questions, to find out why they think it fell flat. They'd be like, "Oh, the room, <laughs> the room." Yeah, they always they always blame the audience. <laughs> yeah. They weren't listening, or the door opened, or something. You know, it's like, dude, the joke structure is missing. Right. Yeah, there is a. I mean, you're an English teacher too, right? Maybe that's where we get it. But there's a there's a rhythm to a there's a rhythm to a joke. There's a rhythm to a funny phrase. Yeah, um, I find it comedy is actually to me a little bit more mathematical than English. It's like okay. it's it's like an equation with stricter rules. With strict rules. You know? yep. 
yeah. like an equation. All right, you're up. You're up. All right. So, well, this was I might have, I think I might have said this one. You might have edited it out just for okay boring. But I think uh, we we said this with our first Green Party uh, okay. guest. I think so. It was another one of those. Um, it's another one of the walks into a bar <laughs> jokes. Because like I said, I never write jokes. I just riff on stuff. But yeah. I wrote one. I wrote one a couple years ago that I thought was pretty. Because somebody said, "Oh, is there any intellectual good jokes? Good political jokes?" So I wrote one. I thought I'll I'll take the challenge, right? So, um, uh, a communist, <laughs> a so- socialist, uh, capitalist, and a fascist are sitting at a bar. Okay. Having a drink. <laughs> this might be kind of Python esque. So, as they're sitting there having a drink, Barack Obama walks in, sits at the bar, and he's having a drink. So the the fascist looks at him and he goes, what a communist. And the capitalist looks at him and he goes, what a socialist. And the socialist looks at him and goes, what a capitalist. And the communist looks at him and he goes, fascist. So then Donald Trump walks in the bar, sits down and have a drink. And all four of them say, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Because I say, oh, get it? Do you get it? That's the worst. That's the worst thing you can do is when somebody doesn't laugh and you say, "Don't you get it?" Get it? Oh, I get it. it. It's just not funny. But uh, you know why? You know why? Yeah, because I heard it before. Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I did. I did it on this show. But uh, and 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 you know why? Second reason? Because you mentioned Trump. That punchline. That. He's, eh, it's overused. Well, true, but it's we're, for we're him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's for him, though. Yeah, you know? I get so, you. I get you. But no, I just, I, the, the fertility in that was about how people on the right thought Obama was a leftist. People right. on the left thought Obama was a rightist. No, it's a good joke. Bro. You know, everybody, it's like, it's like same with Justin, right? Like yeah. people on the left thinks he's, he's some kind of conservative crazy person. People on, on the right think he's some kind of communist. So you can't win if you're in charge. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. All right. So, all right. What's your my next? joke? My one. Uh, all right. So, new new COVID rules are obviously coming, right? Um, remember when we were allowed social gatherings of ten? Well, that number is going to drop even lower once the second wave hits. So soon it will be just you and uh, and 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 Facebook. Okay, so Trump is overused, but Facebook jokes they, they play. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Norm Macdonald with the finish, like and Facebook. I'm just waiting. And it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit. Yeah, but that's you can't there's no way out of that one though, because Facebook's oh. the most ubiquitous. It's the strongest one. Of course, one. of course. You, know, like, you can't say an Instagram, you know, or, no. or TikTok. Like you yeah. can't they don't yeah, it's got they don't have fun. the same they don't have the same ring to it as you right. say. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like from The Simpsons, Krusty, it's those comedy K's. Facebook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you need that. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Hard hard constants. It's a good joke. Yeah. So these ones these ones are yours that you're listing. Have you have you played them? Uh, no, absolutely them? not. I'm just I'm just fooling around. I would never right. use these. I would never use these. I was gonna say, is this the stuff that's got you sleeping on the couch? <laughs> 
I mean, your your wife, your wife. I got. I promise you, they get better. Okay, this is <laughs> instrumental. It's just going up. We're just going up that little tiny slope. It's gonna it's gonna come up right now. Next one I, I is a banger. You, I love to break promises. Next one's a banger. All right, go ahead. All right, so you know, I don't I don't have a lot of setup for this one. It's just right. don't let um don't let non-binary people choose the restaurant because they can't make up their friggin' mind. <sighs> Oh, you know it's fun. I can see you. I can see you like. Oh. In a bar, I give you a clap for this one. <laughs> As a recording, I'm gonna say, yeah. Next joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Facebook. Next joke. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'll go. So, Canada's uh, top twenty richest people. This is in the news this week. Uh, have seen their wealth actually increase by 37 billion since COVID-19 hit. 37 billion. Good to see the white man finally catching a break, right? Mr. Trudeau, this is how you make the economy grow in a pandemic. Mr. Trudeau, are you there? All right, he's on vacation. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I guess guess that one is critic-proof. Wow, that's Patrick. You're so poignant. Critic proof and no twist. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it doesn't need a twist. The entire, <laughs> the entire concept is the joke. Is is that just? Is this just like a rant? That's not a joke. It's just a rant. Well, it's yeah. I got okay. I'll be honest with you. Like that's that's one of those jokes that gets more applause than laughs. Oh sure, it's okay. it's just a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just good, a statement. It's good. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm hoping I'm hoping my last one lands. I'm hoping. I <sighs> but don't always, don't don't bet your house on it. There's always hope. Yeah. But uh all right, well, um as you know what, I had one, but I'm not gonna do it because my, my Ruth Bader Ginsburg jokes only worked when she was alive. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, this this is topical. This is this is current. Can't do it. I mean, there was there was comic material there. There is, um, and there might be again in a couple months. Yeah. But uh, no, that's yeah. a shit show. Yeah. As bad as bad as we thought it was in the U.S., it just yeah. it just like went up next level. I'm just gonna say too soon. <laughs> I live in the too soon realm. Too soon. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Ruth Bader Ginsburg joke. Too soon. Too yeah. soon. All right. Uh, my last one. All right. So I don't know if you know this, but there's actually been recently a public hearing in Toronto for the renaming of streets. Right. Like Dundas Street, uh, named after a guy who, who kept slavery going. So... I think they should also add to the list of names some other streets. Like King Street should be renamed for all the kings who agreed to slavery. And Queen Street should be renamed for all the queens who also agreed to slavery. And also, you know what? Throw in Church Street for all the churches involved in slavery. (laughs) Slow clap. No punch. Oh. What are you, the fucking Malcolm X of open mics? This is the like, worst. This is the worst. This is why. 
How about Martin Luther King Boulevard because you get your hubcap stolen? Ah! <laughs> okay. Look, man, you're in. Uh, oh, my jokes are bombing. You are no, they're not bombing. They uh, they play they play well because you get the diversity laughs. No, you know? no. It's, it, clearly, if it if it was punchy enough, you'd be laughing, right? Oh yeah, that's. I I laughed a bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, like but, a it's like a C grade laugh. Yeah, that's fine. I like the the King Queen Church. That that's cool. But you need you need a kicker. Uh huh. Right? Like you need a you need a last one. Usually it's rule of threes. Yeah. But um, my church, the church, I, church, church would have been the second, and then the the third. Maybe couple up, maybe couple up, king and queen. Street. Yeah, king and queen yeah. go together, yeah, church, and, and then. And then you need should be something, something stronger. Yeah, and then you need something like, uh, like I, I'm not even sure, like uh, <clears throat> something that's got a real kick, like some yeah. kind of like Adelaide or. Avenue Road because the avenue is like you know yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, but this is uh, well, this is very fertile and productive. Yeah. And uh, actually, I can hear our listeners snoring. <laughs> no, they like jokes that bomb. People sometimes, you know what? You go to open mic, and the funniest thing is the guy who bombs. Yeah. Depending how he handles it. The yeah. the guy who bombs is the funniest thing sometimes. Because yeah. they're always just like, I thought that one would work. And there's everybody's just like, nope. Yeah. yeah. And they play along, you know, they, yeah. they, they're they gracious in defeat. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I, as you know, I'm a host, right? So I put yeah. back the host laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you give, I hate that laugh. <laughs> well, then stop getting it. Stop asking for it. No, sometimes, sometimes it's real. I'm yeah, not doing yeah. I swear I'm not doing it to mock it. No, I know, I know, I know. No, you're actually you're actually listening. Um, yeah. Some of the other hosts don't listen. I, I I'm not gonna say names, but like you actually listen to people's sets. Yeah, I like people's sets. Yeah, because I also need an idea of where I can put people. Like, right. Well, you know, who can come back soon? Yeah. Who can go on a theme thing? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. So right. how'd that go? I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's our segment. Right. That's our segment. This is why it's the last episode, right? right. So that, <laughs> so that replaced the uh, the druggy musician book review. Yeah, segment. that was the that was instead of a book review or a play review. Right. Yeah, we just threw some jokes in today. Well, we're, we wanted to show you that we are willing to be vulnerable. Absolutely. These jokes have never been tested, and you just saw you just saw you just saw a comedian go zero for five. <laughs> which is like pretty close to our average batting rate so whenever you go to a show and you see somebody actually hitting all the all the jokes just know that they went through a lot of torture to get those jokes i think it's cute that you call yourself a comedian <laughs> yeah all right oh, we, wow. we got right a topic back. we got a first topic we got a first topic pistol pete this is you okay so yeah tipping um yeah. i was reading an article uh the other day okay basically called the, it's from the national post but the tipping point so i'm just going to breeze through this as quick as i can so okay. uh a couple, couple of popular canadian restaurants i don't have to name them um <clears throat> made the decision to eliminate tipping and uh and this they join uh, a few others whose owner announced in july that they would have a, a european style model of hospitality included okay. uh, pricing model raising prices across the board by 18 percent and increasing the wages for their serving staff uh, commensurately. Let's hope. Um, 
I wouldn't trust him, frankly. So yeah, this um, tipping has long been a subject of much discussion across the restaurant industry and yeah. the focus of much debate. In North America, tipping is, is an established custom, while in Asia and much of Europe, tipping is practiced seldom, if at all. So studies have shown that the prospect of a gratuity can be wielded to diners by bullying, predating, um, sorry, can be wielded by diners toward bullying, predatory, or prejudiced effect. Um, and several high-profile restaurants identifying tips as ongoing problems for staff have introduced rules barring the practice whatsoever. Um, and also, I mean, so that's the gist of it. Basically, uh, some Toronto restaurants are going to the different model where they're just raising the prices and getting rid of tipping because a lot of it has to do with, you know, like it says, bullying the, uh, the wait staff. And it, it's become sort of an issue. There was a study done where, you know, the, uh, you, know, you know the girl we talked about that doesn't get the tickets, that's getting the tickets now with the, the automatic uh, speeding zones? Right. Um, they might do really well with tips, you know, the, the, the young women that look like Harley Quinn. Um, but people that are a little older um, are uh, maybe a different gender, a different, uh, a different sexual orientation. So tipping has become almost like a weapon to use against people. So it's become sort of um, uh, an issue of prejudice mm -hmm. and particularly ageism, which, uh, you know, frankly breaks my heart because I grew up, I grew up, I was raised by women, right? So my, my entire lineage is like, you know, fry cooks, cleaning ladies, waitresses, stuff like that. And I used to see the, you know, like just how subjugated a, a vulnerable woman is bringing food to, uh, to, to strangers. So, um, my question, I suppose, in keeping with our theme is, should tipping remain the same? And are the people who want to reduce or, or get rid of tipping and go to the European model being overly dramatic? All right. Did I lay that out okay? Yeah, that was, that was clear. Okay. It was clear what, what the article is about. Okay. Restaurants okay. raising their prices. Yeah. And considering doing the European model. Yeah. Uh, let's take it back to post-Civil War America for a second. You know, when the Constitution was just amended, the slaves were just freed. Some of them actually were put into the service industry, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about some of the restaurant workers and uh, rail railroad porters. Yep. It was a catch, right? The employers didn't actually pay the workers. Right. Guests instead were forced to be the ones to offer a small tip. So there's a quote from Time Magazine. It's the legacy of slavery that turned the tip in the United States from a bonus or an extra on top of the wage to a wage itself. Huh. Yeah. So it's got like, it's rooted in, in slavery. So just for that reason alone, I, I feel like I'm against tipping. I am against tipping. Yeah. If wow. it was fair for all restaurants, I would, I would be more with it, you know? Like the waitress at Denny's, for example. You know how hard they work, man. <laughs> what kind of people they have to deal with. They got to deal with kids, yep. people who got the munchies. It's a hard job. Yep. 
and then they they go they get like really crappy tips compare that to like a bartender right. in toronto they give you a drink they get a dollar tip per drink all yeah. night long yeah it's just not fair and then especially, i read your sorry what do you say i was gonna say especially since the drink at the bar is 10 bucks anyway so. absolutely i didn't mean to cut you off I no really no can't. just the thing with the thing with uh like including it in the bill though right what's the what's the percentage they're gonna give right if it's like that because our canadian standard is is it 18 percent or is it you know some i think of, ethically i think it's 15, 15 but that's kind of that's kind of douchey okay yeah and i have i have friends who have come from non-canadian countries i'll say okay who refuse to give more than 10 percent it's because they've been in the business or and or that doesn't go well with their culture. 18% to them seems ridiculous. Hmm. Who's tipping 18% during COVID anyway? I always tip 20 across the board because of because of my own history with that industry. Okay. Okay. I try to be I try to be, you know, as generous as I can. Okay. So. Because you know, you know their salary is based on what you give. Yeah, I know that their salary is below minimum wage because they, the you know, the 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 system assumes they're going to be making tips. Okay. So it's a systematic thing. Okay. All right. Well, well, well. I'm sorry. I feel like I keep. I feel like the only thing, the only thing that that really, it, it's the only people it's helping with uh, including it in the bill. <laughs> When you go to the restaurant, you got that one friend who can't calculate the t like the tip properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like you're like okay, I'll pay the bill and you you cover the tip, and they just put like half of the tax. It's like no, no, yeah. that's. Yeah, we all have that friend who never calculates tip or tax. Yeah. When they're like, oh, I only I only have this, and they leave like a five. <laughs> Where are you going? Get your dude, ass back. Dude, here. you spent twenty five dollars. What are you saying right now? Yeah. 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 Restaurant. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a struggling business right now, really. They're so, all going under except the franchise. Yeah. Even yeah. there's something. Right. Yeah. yeah. See, but, from, from, yeah. I mean, I was just siding with you, like you're coming from the business, right? So you have. I'm, yeah. I've been a bartender. Um, I was never a, a server because I ended mm. up like spilling soup on somebody's head if they were rude to me. <laughs> but just, I mean, a lot of these are vulnerable, desperate women. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them have kids. And once you're, once you're out of that, like, you know, hot chick age zone, yeah, you know, then you're kind of, you're, you're put on the ice flow. So it's, um, you know, they, it's really unfair. And it does like, you've seen these, uh, these like, you know, jackasses in in pubs and bars and restaurants downtown especially in clubs and stuff or like yeah. some, some vince vaughn type guy who'll like you know put down a stack of tens yeah every, every time you mess up i'm gonna take one away oh, fuck boy. you you know so it's just one of those like the women are women have like are in this constant running this gauntlet of like just pervs everywhere uh, well like, perverts at work perverts in this perverts in comedy where I go. So when they have to go to work every day and smile, no matter how shitty their day is going, they have to go to work and smile and be nice. 
And then he gets some jackass who's like, oh, you're not smiling wide enough. I'm not going to tip you. Wow. Um, you. You don't get bus fare today because you didn't show me cleavage. Hmm. You know, like that, that does happen. And it just, it's, it's so frustrating. So Man. I think, I think what the, the best thing to do is get rid of tipping, move up to the 18% gratuity, the auto grat, but keep owners, hold owners to account because you can't trust them. I don't know if they, if the servers would get that money. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. And on top of that, if you're a cool guy, just tip anyway. Okay. Like, okay, there's 18% auto grab. Here's a little bit food. extra. Yeah. That's going to get defrayed into the, the food costs and the utility bills and all that. Mm-hmm. So the whole 18% is probably not going to you. So you know what? You were really awesome with us tonight. Here's yeah. a 20 for you. Okay. Well, they would, they, if they, if they put that into the, into the set cost, then they would have their salary be, you know, 20 bucks an hour or whatever. Right. Hopefully. 25 you know, bucks an hour, as opposed to seven cents an hour or something like that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bag, bag of peanuts and a bowl of rice an hour. Yeah. Know, whatever it is. But, You're uh, talking about all the pedophile stuff. I just want to say that I completely relate as a father of all girls. Like I deal with the same thing. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that I was talking about pedophile stuff. Yeah. No, no, no like, like perfect. father of girls, you, 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 you see uh, the world in the, kind of in that kind of light right yeah yeah i mean you probably well actually your kids are too young but when you i feel so bad for you in 10 years because you're gonna be like on your porch with a shotgun like you just keep moving pal yeah so they say so they say those those prom dates are gonna be trembling kids gotta kids gotta make their own decisions i'm just i'm just here for the ride (laughs) (laughs) that's all right that's very healthy denial yeah yeah Okay, we got this. Uh, we got this here case. This one's an uh, interesting one. Hockey is our national sport, and there's a lawsuit going on. Uh, so it's a proposed eight hundred and twenty-three million dollar class action lawsuit against some of the hockey leagues of North America, saying that they're conspiring to limit opportunities for young players the claim was filed by a young man by the name of kobe moore who's a 21 year old from lloyd minster alberta he played for four teams in the western hockey league from 2015 to 2020 now the the different hockey leagues the whl ohl qmjhl operate under the umbrella of the canadian hockey league and they themselves actually settled three class action lawsuits recently in the range of 30 million. So he might have some grounds here. So the suit alleges that the defendants participated in an unlawful conspiracy ag- arrangement and agreement to limit opportunities for more and other Canadians to make a living playing pro hockey between the ages of 18 and 20. Documents claim the defendants who have created the system where the overwhelming majority of players will never reach the top of pro leagues, instead spend, spending players playing for nominal sums of money all to the financial advantage of the defendants. This practice, says the lawyer, says the lawyer for um, Mr. Moore, this practice creates a system that imprisons young hockey players between 16 and 20. 
The article goes on to describe the differences between the contracts in North America and Europe for players of the same age range. So it's a class action suit. Um, they have a bunch of lawyers who are representing uh, Mr. Moore and others. So my question, hockey, which is our national sport, should we play for the love of the game or are players like Mr. Moore who place financial value to playing hockey being overly dramatic? Uh, yeah, I think he might be actually, <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, so those leagues, I mean, you know, they're all in tandem basically yep. uh, regional. So that's, that's the, that's the direct farm league to the NHL, right? That's the feeder. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, their top draft picks get picked either from one of those leagues or they go to the European leagues or they go to the NCAA. So and then, so you've got you've got the NHL teams, and then they, they all have their their own sort of minor league team. Yeah. Um, but these kids are not there yet. They no. are in, in a slightly lower, lower junior spot. hockey. Right. Okay. Um, the, I don't know to be honest because I think um, it's similar in in in, uh, in sports and in entertainment. You pay you pay the attraction. That kind of thing. I mean, I don't think some 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 sixteen year old kid in Dayton, Ohio, is saying, "Well, I should be making as much as LeBron," you know, because um, LeBron's the one that brings in the people. So, honestly, if they're getting a salary doing something they love, then it just seems such a Gen Z millennial thing to bitch about it. No, well, they're uh, not getting a salary. They're so, actually they're paying. They pay like in some cases like 10 grand for the season even more so then so then they're not professional hockey players so why no, there's he's saying that the, these leagues cuz they charge the players so much to be on the team right uh they're limiting the opportunities for them to play in different like leagues like in like in Europe or Russia where he could play for a men's league and make some money Okay, so they're saying it's the, it's the actual minor leagues that are doing the shakedown, yeah. Not the not the system of promotion to the to the the show, right? So yeah, I guess I, they, they're kind of just saying they're trying to keep the money in Canada, right? Like keep the keep the numbers high, keep the registration fees high. They make a ton of money from all the people who like hmm. register to be on these teams. Well. I don't know. I mean, at first blush, it sounds like this kid and his lawsuit, it sounds like he's acting kind of like sort of entitled. Um, it, that's what I thought at first. I was like, eh, you sound like just like a, like one of those athletes who, you know, you didn't get picked. Right. Yeah. He played for five teams in four years. And I mean, if you're any, if you're any good, maybe you would have, but. That was completely my opinion at the start. And then I was like, when I okay. saw the other contracts or the other settlements like maybe there is something behind this yeah so it's sort of like a human puppy mill you know that people are just taking you know talented quality players and uh just using them until they're burnt out and then yeah. they use them so hard that they don't even have a chance to get to the bigger leagues yeah okay so he's saying i thought it, i thought it was like he was just like 
discontent. He was not happy with his playing time. Because oh. we all know, like, if, if you're playing hockey and you're, if you're the best player on the ice, you're going to be playing, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be playing. No coach is going to hold you back if you're the best player because the league is going to make more money. Most coaches play two lines. They put them in the third line once in a while. Right. The fourth line barely plays. Yeah. So he's saying there's just a, there's just a system in place where the leagues can keep the players enrolled. And okay. the, club, the clubs obviously are collecting huge sums of money. Hmm. But I just feel like the lawyer may have used the wrong word. <laughs> when he, uh, you saw me. I was like, the lawyer, in the article, he said they're being imprisoned. Yeah, that's a little... Uh, a bit strong. Yeah, that's a bit much. Because one thing we know about hockey, or any, any team sport really, you can quit any time. Exactly. You can't just quit prison, buddy. <laughs> hockey players he shouldn't have said prison he should have said hockey players are like slaves oh wow and, <laughs> and the chl is a big plantation oh man you might as well have with the hyperbole see that's yeah. the thing they go zero to a hundred for every so thing, quick you know yeah. like it's just it's ridiculous to, to have used that i mean frankly people using words doesn't really bother me right but, yeah, like that to to add so much hyperbole to basically what is a business dispute. Yeah, you know, it is a business dispute. Yeah, yeah. But like all all these parents, when we go back to it, why do parents put their kids in hockey? Why do parents put their kids in hockey? Why do parents Often put their times, kids anywhere? To get why them Why are they arguing with the coach for playing time? Right. Because it's a lottery. It's a lot. You, you, there's, there's a small chance, like 1%, that your kid might make the NHL. So money is the motivator in most cases. It's not about building friendship. It's not about team. It's, it's about playing time because playing time equals opportunity, which equals scouts, which equals the NHL. Yep. And for him to come to this conclusion that maybe these leagues are keeping players. Maybe, but in my opinion, I mean, you decided to play that lottery. Why though? I mean, I'm not sympathizing with the teams, but why would they just keep players? Like, I don't understand their motivation for that. Like what, if they had players who kept getting feedered up to the, to, to the big leagues, that would be good for their team. Wouldn't it? There's, there's only so few players who actually get selected to move up. Right. I think what they're looking at more so is like when they, when they go with these teams, they, it creates stability. So okay. like if, 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 they didn't, if they didn't have this, I don't know what the contract details are, but if they didn't have this in place, chances are all, like a bunch of guys would just leave midseason and head off to Europe and go play, right? So they keep their team, they keep their money. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's a tricky it's, one, man. Yeah, I don't like I, I can't I'm not coming down on one side or the other because I my instinct is to feel sympathy and want to help anybody who's victimized, but then again, everybody in our society is victimized in some way. Yeah. Right? So you don't know like you, you don't know who's in the right. Usually corporate entities are in the wrong mm. morally. 
anyway. So, yeah. well, you've played. Okay, you've done what? Tra- I did track and field. I did the wrong sport. Right now, I could be making some hockey money. Well, I was going to say. So you <laughs> with, that, with this lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you were on a team, but you weren't on like a, a, a high contact team. You weren't no, like it's a- not. not high, no. Hmm. Yeah. Well, how was your system? Were they pushing you up? Or? There's, just, there's no real money in track. So yeah. like the government has their, I mean, the, you train for, you train to make the Olympics. And if you don't make the Olympics by say 24, when they look at you as a junior there, let's say they're in the country of 30 million plus here in Canada, they might have 10, 10, uh, full salary, uh, cards, so they call it carding. So you would be carded for a year, but there's only like 10 spots for everybody who does track. Yeah. So you have to be like exceptionally good and you might, you may or may not be peaking at that time. So like at 18 or 19, that might not be the year for you. Yeah. You could be like a 21 year old who's peaking. So right. if you stay in for that long and you're able to make the Olympics say by the age of 28, amazing. But for most people, the finances are just too much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I remember like Pierre Lauders, who's like a bobsled legend, yeah. complaining about eating mac and cheese. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. And yeah. That's the thing. But it's like, I mean, it's so hard to it's so hard to have sympathy for people who are living their dream. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry you're true. not making enough money living your dream. You know. It's true. It's true. I'm a waitress. So it's true. It's it's tough to say we have to devote more funds to sports. That's true. And you know, Olympic Olympic sports, especially because there's hundreds. Yeah, there's and they're hundreds. So specialized, and they're all so specialized. And you do it, and you represent your country, and you get a medal, but it's for you. Of course, absolutely. Which is why you know team sports will always, when 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 you represent your country as in a team sport, yeah. we celebrate as a country. Yeah, we celebrate the team. And we feel like we're part of that. But for individual runners or individual skiers or whatever, whatever your Olympic sport is, it doesn't quite grab the public's attention, quite like, quite like hockey or quite like soccer. Because those yeah. team sports can unite a country, even for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yes, like in, in the rare case, I would say, so in some countries like Jamaica, one guy could be the team. So like Usain Bolt, he is the team. And they right. know that's a gold medal. Yeah. Right? And they know he's going to win. So he becomes the symbol of success for the country. But that's one in a million, right? That's, you, don't, you don't get that in many countries. Yeah, where one person can represent your whole country. Yeah. Anyway. That's very, it's very fascinating, you know, sort of the emotional... The emotional politics of see, I I've never been able to really identify with athletes on any kind of personal level because I'm on the arts side of things. Yeah, I'm yeah. an artist, so yeah. I, I it's just a uh, an artist. I mean, we have a saying in Canada, right? Like you can make a living, but you, I'm sorry, fucked it up. You can make a killing. <laughs> you can make a killing, but you can't make a living. You know, so I've had times where I've gotten like a a commercial in January that paid like three grand. And I'm like, oh, this is easy, you know, and then nothing for 10 months. Oh, yeah. 
that kind of thing. So yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. But one thing that really, really bothers me about Olympic athletes, especially, is when they can't compete anymore, they say, oh, I'm going to try acting. Uh, yeah. No, it no. bugs me. I remember it's... after Lillehammer or some damn thing or Nagano, uh, Elvis Stoiko was like, all right, I think I'm going to become an actor now. It's like, screw you, jackass. I didn't, okay, so I, I have an actor in a while. Maybe, maybe I'll put on some skates with yeah. a medal. Like, it's just no, they, so irritating. I think a jock. lot of them, a lot of them don't respect the process. Like, no. for you to step onto the screen, it's the same thing as putting on skates for the first time. Yeah. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. And you got to go through that whole, pro- but some of them get it. Some of them get it and they, they like take classes and, you know, they can go, they can go from studying, um, what is it called? Like media technology or communications. They study right. communications and they're able to get like broadcasting jobs out of college or after right. because they actually majored in yeah. that stuff. Well, broadcasting job, that's fine. I got yeah. no problem with that. I'm talking about arts. Yeah. Trying to, trying to act and trying to do, trying to do comedy and that kind of thing. Broadway no. or movie stuff it's, like that. I mean. It's yeah. the same grind. You start, you start right back to base. You start with zero knowledge and you still got to build up in the yeah. same way. So I think, yeah, a lot of them don't get it. I might change my mind when The Rock wins an Oscar. Okay. Uh, you know. Fair enough. Or if he becomes president. That, that would be cooler. <laughs> he would beat the crap out of Trudeau, I tell you that. Hey, do you know the only person who ever won a Nobel Prize and an Oscar? Uh, I feel like this is a joke, but okay, go ahead. Who? No, it's not a joke. Okay. It's, uh, it's Al Gore. Huh. He won a Nobel Prize for his environmental work, mm-hmm. and he won, a, he won an Oscar for Best Documentary for Inconvenient Truth. Right. So, yeah. And he had the popular vote, correct? He had, he had the popular vote. Yeah. He didn't have no hanging chat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine 20 years later what the world would be like if that had gone differently? Yeah. Yeah, if you won uh, the popular vote, if the popular vote was the the way that those, it was decided. All yeah. those what ifs. Yeah. Nice. That was, that right. was long, brother. That was yeah, long. I'll, I'll edit. Don't worry. I'll edit. I'll edit. I don't think we're, you have We're yeah, we have yeah, we're we're going over for sure, but yeah, I'll edit it down. Well, um, this is our we're reminiscing. It's you know? yeah, it's your last. It's our last. So you got uh you got one more? Yeah, I'm not that emotionally invested in it because I understand both sides. But there is, um, you might if you if you could like jam in a picture of it if it. I will. Yeah. Okay. In Vancouver, um, actually, I know the person. Or I, I I'm aware of acquaintances. Uh, somebody put up a sign, said, you know, like I love New York, the heart, the I heart, blah blah. Right. I you love J.K. Rowling. Oh, sorry, right. you gotta edit. Yeah. You, need to you love J.K. Rowling. I, I can take or leave her, but no, my. <laughs> I thought you were talking to somebody else. No, no, I, no, no, no. I just oh, got my okay. feet on the the door. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on the third day, look to the east. Um, yeah, like it's a, it's obviously you know now you know what that means. It's it was done to 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 goad somebody, and frankly, I think the people who were goaded needed goadeding. Wait, um, you so you know the person? Um, not personally, but okay. uh, as an acquaintance, wow. through a, friend, a friend of a friend, um, one of our, one of our, uh, local comedians moved back to Vancouver. Uh, remember Mark, uh-huh. 
uh, he um, he knows this person, so I I I am aware uh-huh. on a more personal level than just reading an obscure news article. Okay. Um, yeah. So no, this this person put up a billboard saying, "I love J.K. Rowling," and it was meant to be provocative, and it uh, it's been defaced and had paint thrown at it and all kinds of stuff. So there's all these facets to this ridiculous issue, right? Because J.K. Rowling, as you might know, if you spend any kind of time online, yeah, is is a very polarizing figure because um, she holds more sort of tradi- traditional views on, on on sex and gender. Yes. Um, she's actually, if you've ever read anything she's, she's tweeted or written, she's never said anything that wouldn't have been perfectly normal to say a year ago, but but in these, in these hypersensitive times, anything that, you know, it's your team, right? If you're Mm -hmm. a have, you're, you're the devil. If you're a leaf, you're an angel. Okay. If it's just on the other team, you hate them. So anyway, this person in Vancouver is friends with other people who are advocates and trying to get funding for uh, rape shelters in Vancouver. And a lot of trans activists have um, gotten funding stripped away from certain rape shelters um, because of their, their political ideology and agenda. So, uh, you know, there are some women out in BC who are fighting to get women-only spaces um, reinstated and funded, and the trans activists are treating it like a friggin' game. Okay. So... You know, that's, that's why, that's the thing. I mean, you can have a one-sided view of it. Like, oh, every life is a life, but you know, there are, there are real casualties to this. And if like, you know, a female rape victim who's been beaten and abused, doesn't want a dick swinging at her in her rape shelter, she should be able to say so without being called a friggin' Nazi. So that's some of the issues. So that's why the, the sign was a provocative thing to do. I love JK Rowling. Um, so it's obviously it was meant to, it went off like napalm. It caused a furor. Um, it lasted a day, by the way. Yeah, it lasted a day. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it was seen by thousands of people, of course. And uh, so I guess my, my question is, um, if being provocative for your cause or is hating everything the other side does being overly dramatic? Uh, this is so hard. How do you pick a side on this? How do you pick a side, right? You can't. You got to be in the middle. You have to be in the middle. And that people on either side say those in the middle are assholes. So I'm happy to be an asshole. Right. You got to be on the middle in this one. Sorry. First, my first question would be to the the group Mm -hmm. that allowed the billboard to go up. What What were they thinking before? Be like, okay, she's a bit controversial right now. Let's just put it up. Let's see what happens. And then the sign itself. You know, like most signs, how if you put up a sign, it's to invite people to share your point of view. This is just, I love J.K. Rowling. It's not like we love J.K. Rowling. It's not like, let's love J.K. Rowling. Just one person. I love J.K. Rowling. Okay. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, it's just your opinion. You're rich, so you put it up. Cool. Cool. Oh, she wasn't, wasn't rich. Wasn't rich. There's a couple yeah. people, right? They, they, they shared to pay for the sign. Yeah. 
but if you if you're driving into Manhattan, you see a billboard that says "I love New York," you're like, you're not inviting people to love us. Uh, you're speaking for yourself. Fair point. Oh, it's, fair it's, point. It's, but it's people 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 buy those shirts and they also put it up. Yeah. Right. It was the font. It's the font yeah. that it's the recognizable. Right. Font. What what they're saying is that they're defending women who stand up for women, and. In this day and age, when that becomes right-wing extremism, mm -hmm. we live in a pretty, pretty effed-up time. Okay. So. All right. I don't know. So she just wrote a new book. Right. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's about yeah, a transvestite serial killer. Well, it's about a serial killer who uses female disguises to do the serial killing. No, well, they all said it was transvestite. Who the the media? Yeah. You trust them. <laughs> who said that the guardian now magazine uh, okay. uh, so i read i read it from that angle okay. i was trusting of the media and i was like well is she trying to make amends with the transgender community by writing about them in a bit in a sense or is she just she's just writing a book okay. what's what's your view um I think she was just writing a book. She's just I writing. mean, I don't, I don't know the inner workings of her. I'm sure she's, yeah. I'm sure she's angry. Yeah. Um, I'm sure because she's been burnt pretty hard in the media in the last couple of years. Okay. She's been misquoted and accused of things she didn't do, and she's had words put in her mouth and thoughts put in her brain and okay. feelings put in her heart um, okay. that weren't that weren't there by people that have serious agendas and a serious platform. Okay. And I just get so sick of people saying how marginalized they are when they're the ones making all the rules. So J.K. Rowling's got a net worth of a $1 billion. Yes. What, what, why anymore? I, I don't know. Like why, is, why is LeBron playing? Why doesn't he well, shut his mouth and go count his money? He's mind? got a legacy to try to reach. He's got to try to go be better than Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Well, J.K. Rowling's got to be better than J.R. Tolkien. Okay. But she never will be. For the well, here's, here's where she's going off the rails. Okay. She stopped writing about Harry Potter. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the first punchline in like 40 minutes, you know? Oh, that? thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. She's going off the rails. Yeah. People, people love your Harry Potter stuff. It was edgy for its time. Religious groups where you're pushing that. But now, man, in these times where everything's cancel culture, I don't know. I, I think I think she's she's pushing the limit. It's time for her to just buy an island somewhere and just relax, man. You got all the money in the world. Just chill out. Okay. I know you have a different opinion, and that's fine. No, I, if I, I were her, that's what I would do. If I were, that's what I would do. If I were anybody, <laughs> that's what I would do. Um, a billion dollar net worth. Come on, man. You don't need well, to. Well, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. But she's also a woman. Yeah. And she also she also has abuse in her history. Okay. You know, so she feels very strongly about spaces for women. Okay. And the fact that spaces for women has become this insane argument these days, fueled by social media bullies. Mm -hmm. I'm. You cannot say I'm going to kill your kids. I'm going to fuck your corpse. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to cut your head off. But if you accidentally call me she, that's violence. There is a serious, serious disconnect in our society right now. I have no problem with anybody who wants to be who they are. Anybody who, who follows their life path, I'm not going to stop them. 
But when when a small tiny group starts trying to push push muscle in on the majority and mm -hmm. tell everybody else how to think, what to say, how to be. And if somebody says, you know what, biological women who aren't six foot tall dudes in a wig get beat up and raped. They want to have a place where they can feel safe without the dude in the fucking wig. Sorry, I'm swearing so much. Yeah. Um, walking in, like, I don't see how that has become a right wing position, protecting women. So if okay. you say, well, trans, trans women are women, fine, absolutely. But biological women are women too. And if biological women want a place to feel safe, if they want a place where they're not going to be beaten and raped, then this lobby group on Twitter has no right to call them Nazis and get them defunded. So all the women in Vancouver are trying to do is, is get their rape shelters funded again. And it's friggin' trans activists, not the, not the run-of-the-mill trans people. Most trans people are actually normal people who want to live their lives. It's the, it's the Twitter activists, the, the noisemaker, Look at when her friend Megan Murphy came to speak in Toronto. She's a feminist. And people were screaming, saying that she was a fascist. So I don't understand how it happened in the last couple of years, but this minuscule segment of our population, the, the, the trans community, has become so that you can't question them. They make all the rules. So if you want to know whose society you're living in, ask who you can't criticize. Because I get criticized all the goddamn time. So stop saying, oh, we're all victims of Brent because he's a white dude. <laughs> Who can't you criticize? Look at this society that we're living in. This is our last episode, right? This you know, is our last episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I believe that everybody has We're going right to get canceled by the trans community for just even talking about this topic. So it's all good. <laughs> well, actually, well, well, we'll get canceled by the trans Twitter community, but not by trans people. Okay. That's the other thing. How come Rose of Dawn and Blair White are, they're actual trans women. They're actual surgical trans women and mm. they get called Nazis by Twitter. Right. So like the whole thing is messed up. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, I think every single person in our society should feel safe and have opportunities and acceptance. All right. Hey man, you got a song for this week? Yeah. I just kind of felt like doing a, doing a classic again. Okay. That's cool with you, because that is hundred percent cool with me. Yeah, we went through uh, we went through a handful of stuff on uh, our show. Yeah, yesterday, our live show. So I thought maybe, given the political climate, I think I just created the political climate on our on our podcast here. I hope I wasn't too animated. I just feel really strongly about women. I agree. Women. I agree. So this is about the uh, the hypocrisy of revolution. Okay. drum we'll be fighting in the streets with our children at our feet and the morals that they worship will be gone the men who spurred us on sit in judgment of our own they decide and the shotgun sings the song Revolution, smile and grin at the new constitution, smile and grin at the change all around. I get up my guitar and play just like yesterday. 
And I get on my knees and pray. We don't get fooled again. had to come, we knew it all along, we were liberated from the fall, that's all, it looks just the same, history can't blame, cause the banners, they were all flown in the last war. Constitution, take a bow for the new revolution. Smile and grin at the change all around. Get up my guitar and play, just like yesterday. And I get on my knees and I pray. We don't get fooled again. How's this going? Great. myself and my family side if we happen to be left half alive I get out my papers and smile at the sky cause I know that the hypnotized never lie Sorry, I got so close. There's nothing in the street looks any different to me. And the slogans are replaced by the by. The parting on the left is now a parting on the right. And their beards have all grown longer overnight. Constitution. I take a bow for the new revolution. I smile and grin at them changes all around. And I get up on my knees and pray, just like I did yesterday. And I get on my knees and pray. We don't get fooled again. Don't get fooled again. the new boss same as the old boss there it's stuff man thank you great i was kind of out of tune but i'm not even sorry no man do you like the who i do well, i just found that song is very prescient because it's the same you know yeah all the change, all the all the big changes coming. Yeah. Till they, they get in. Yeah. Change, change also, like the World Health Organization. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really, you like them? Okay. <laughs> I don't. Let's. You want to do another hour? <laughs> oh man, what an honor! It's been it's been fifteen episodes. I feel like we did put our best quality into it. You know, we didn't just 
throw up like random YouTube bits to annoy people. Yeah. Uh, we, we weren't we, going like uh no, like some other people we know, but we um <laughs> we put our best work for it, and I thought it was a great season. So that was season one of Overly Dramatic. We want to thank everybody for listening, and I just want to wish you guys uh uh the safest of uh winters that's coming who knows when we'll be back but um we will be back with something i can guarantee that oh yeah patrick and i we're not we're not finished collaborating on stuff yeah we're not we're not finished fighting in public (laughs) and uh no but i think um when we decided to do this we didn't know if we'd get any viewers and we were right so (laughs) (laughs) no it's been an honor to work with you I, uh, I've, I've always respected you. I've always liked you very much. I think we're good friends and uh, I think we, we put on a, an interesting thought provoking and fun show. Yeah. And yeah. I appreciate all those folks who stuck, stuck by and yeah, we, I mean, we, we went from different platforms. So we started with the YouTube and that was, that was awesome with the start. And then we try to do the audio platform as well. Yep. Kind of confuse the viewership a little bit. So yeah, we'll figure it out, man. This yeah. is, this was our first attempt at a, at a different medium. So it, it was funny. We had our bits, man. We had, we had great, great times. And if anything, it made us better live performers for sure. Absolutely. And if, if Schitt's Creek won all the Emmys, then you and I got a chance at hey, man. Uh, I'm telling you, know, you. Take, taking their spot. On. You, we gotta, we gotta work. We gotta put in some work. So yeah, there's, there's some writing projects in the, in the mix. You guys will keep you posted. Yeah. So um, it's been a, been a thrill. So this is our last episode. Cheers off. When I wrote this and I sent it to Patrick, the first thing he said was, what else you got? <laughs> this has been overly dramatic. This has been overly dramatic. Thank you, everybody. This has been overly dramatic. See you next season.